Welcome back. You're watching Stockwatch with me, Zinati Kuma, tackling your stock-related questions this evening. Uh, Zuelaike Mguni from Benguela Global Fund Managers and Mark Dutoy from Oyster Catcher Investments. Don't forget to send those questions via SMS to 41392, email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at BusinessDayTV using the hashtag Stockwatch. Thank you so much for your time. At this point in time, we only have Ma'ol, there's Zulaike coming in. Thank you so much for joining us, Zulaike. Uh, good to see you. Um, let's start off with you, Mark. Um, you know, just looking at how markets were last week at around this time, a stark difference to what we're seeing right now. What's turned that sentiment around? What's got the market so sour right now? Well, I think that, um, you know, last week we saw that the, the, the U.S. unemployment rate started to tick up, which is kind of what the Fed's been aiming to do with its, its uh, rate, increase, rate increase program. And the market took that as a, as a point of inflection to say, okay, the, the rate hike cycle is going to come to an end and we can expect more normalized rates going forward and the rates maybe to, you know, to peak in one or two um, rate hikes time. And that kind of got the market more positive. On top of that, there was some positive, um, say rumors, not there's no been a, a official announcements around the COVID, zero COVID policy in China. So the expectation is that the Chinese economy is gonna be allowed to, to come out of lockdown and to start to grow again. And I mean, then we saw quite a, a sharp move on our market. And I mean, the big moves were in the in the mining space, um, so things like Kumba, Anglo-American. And now things have started to kind of just maybe ameliorate a bit. The market's digesting the information, and, and you know we're seeing a bit of a, a cooling off. So I don't think it's anything too to get too too worried about yeah and you, uh, yeah just talking about the commodities we have seen the resources um 10 complex really taking a pounding this week uh, so like on your side is that just a recession fear story yeah i don't, I don't know actually experience that uh, recession uh, i think uh, broadly speaking uh, it might not be a negative growth for everybody, but I certainly think that we'll see pockets of uh, a very low growth for a couple of quarters in some of the global economies. And I think the market is uh, grappling with that situation. The market's trying to find out, uh, are we close to the bottom? Are we going to see the bottom uh, anytime soon? But I think if you look at the numbers that are coming, for example, out of the US, the consumer remains very, very strong and resilient. And I think the the rate hike story might probably have a bit more legs than what uh, people uh, think and i think that is what is creating a lot of volatility because some are believing that the fed is going to pivot uh, others are thinking you know maybe uh, it's uh, it, it's what one one meeting early so uh, I, I think that there is also another thing to to consider that the the change in the inflation rate was very small and the reaction of the market was very significant so the the inflation in the u.s is still significantly high and the fed would have to try and maintain a certain pace of between 50 and 75 basis points 
Yeah. Uh, talking about some economies that will see a slowdown and uh, possibly a recession, that is the UK. And we did have that budget that was delivered this afternoon with those tax hikes and spending cuts. A lot of belt tightening there coming from uh, the UK. Mark, just on your side, I mean, are you looking, how are you looking at this? Is it a growth uh, budget for the longer term where they'd have to take in short term pain right now? How are you viewing it? Yeah, I mean, I think that they broadly are doing the right thing. I mean, you have to you have to manage your your country's finances appropriately. I mean, they you know they have been taking on too much debt and uh, need to consolidate their debt and grow into it. I mean, I guess you know a lot of countries have been in a very similar situation where borrowings have been running ahead of their of their growth rates and your Debt to GDP ratio starts to get to a point where, you know, other countries and corporates don't want to lend to you in your own currency. So UK is on that position, but that's typically what happens in emerging markets. Um, so yeah, so I think that um, not a populist um, budget um, and what's necessary at this point in time. Yeah, not a populist budget because uh, the population will still be facing some pressure because of some of the decisions that were taking, uh, taken in that budget. But from a market's perspective, Zulaika, are you breathing a sigh of relief? Yeah, look, I, I think uh, I'm still a bit cautious. I mean, I'm, I, I don't believe that uh, we're out of the woods yet. I think, I think there could still be a bit more volatility and certainly... From our perspective, it's a good time to put money to work at this stage. The opportunities are starting to emerge in various sectors. But I would still be cautious. I wouldn't be aggressive in terms of making bets at this stage. Yeah. All right. Talking about putting money to work, and since we're still talking about the UK, Investec is doing that with its uh, the expansion of its share buyback program. So, Mark, would you be putting your money to work on Investec? <laughs> Yes. Um, so, I mean, I think that their, their numbers were a nice set of results. Um, and yes, it announced further uh, capital returns to shareholders in the form of, of share buybacks. Um, so yeah, I think that they broadly are sticking to their, to their story of simplifying um, uh, the business, concentrating on what they're good at. Um, they have a, a very nice high net wealth individual business in the UK. Um, which is which is growing, and I think will be resilient through this through this difficult economic period in the UK. And um, yeah, and then they've got their their wealth businesses, which are which will be in time their growth businesses. Um, this period was a bit difficult because of the pullback in markets, but I think long term, I quite like the story. Yes. Yeah, we have actually just looking at that share price scene, uh, quite a run on that stock. Um, I know that the financials, uh, the banks, the SA banks have been uh, really the darlings of the JSC uh, in recent months or for maybe even the past year. Um, would you place Investec um, in that bundle, uh, Zulake? Look, I, I think they've, they've seen quite a big improvement in, in terms of their performance. And I agree with Mark. Uh, they, they said quite uh, challenging targets, uh, I think, two years ago. And I've been actually surprised on the upside in terms of how they've been able to grow their book and how they've been able to use that growing book to scale their cost-to-income ratios. And, and certainly, without suffering any material increases in uh, impairments. 
So I, I think that there is a big improvement. The returns are improving. Uh, I don't know if they'll meet the cost of, cap of equity anytime soon yet, but they seem to be set to be going that direction. So the, the buyback uh, is supportive of the share price. Uh, all right. Well, talking about darlings, uh, Tungela has definitely been one of those. So there's a question here. Please advise what the price of coal is and is it worth getting into Tungela at these levels? Is the worst over for the share price dropping? Mark, uh, so coal price around $200. Um, so is this the time to get into the, these levels? Is there, is there actually ever a time to not get into Tungela? <laughs> but we have seen that, uh, sh uh, you know, the pressure on, 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 uh, on the share price. So do you think the worst could be over for them? So I think you know, Tungela is a, a single commodity play. So, I mean, they export coal and that's where they make all their money. Um, so you really have to take a view on the coal price. Before the, the war uh, between Russia and Ukraine, the coal price was around about $75 a ton. And then, you know, after the war broke and then there was, on top of that, a shortage of, you know, of gas in Europe. And so, the, so Europe's been scrambling for the last six months to try build up reserves ahead of their winter. And that pushed the, the, the coal price um, to over $300 a ton. And so Tungela's made fantastic cash flows through this period. And now the question is, does the, does the coal price return back to below $100 per ton as things normalize? Well, because of the ban on Russian um, coal and because the, the gas is not flowing from Russia to Europe anymore, is it sustainably higher? And I mean, that is a very, very difficult question to answer. I mean, I think logically you would say, yes, it should be higher going forward, but you don't know if it's $120 a ton normalized or if it's $150 or if it's $200. I think in the short term, um, we are going to see slightly higher coal prices. I mean, it's very difficult to tell, but Europe stopped buying because of supply and logistical blockages in their port system. Um, and I think they're going to return to the market now. So maybe in the next six months, we do see higher prices. But further than that, I think it's going to be difficult for, for, for Tungela as, as coal prices normalize over the same next two or three years. Yeah. I actually was reading uh, an article earlier on and the headline was that Tungela is a money printing machine. So like, I mean, you can't walk away from a money printing machine, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, look, uh, I think Mark, Mark said it all, but uh, the, the one point I did, uh, I mean, I, I'm sure that the price will probably uh, remain above 100. Uh, I think the, the situation in Europe is quite challenging and as he says i mean europe would come back to the market but uh, i think we we must not forget the base effects here i think uh, they had a they touched on 400 dollars uh, at one stage and, and now you're sitting at 200. in simple terms tungela's earnings should probably half uh, if no changes in production another added uh, potential uh, headwind is that the rent weakened significantly, which gave them a significant benefit. And if we see that uh, uh, the, the rate hikes in the U.S. basically uh, start tapering off, I think we'd likely see that the emerging market currency strengthen uh, and that would see the rent strengthen as well. And that would have a double whammy effect on uh, on Tungela. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be buying into it at the moment. I think uh, 
You're buying old news if you're buying into it today. Uh, Life Healthcare came out with results today. Um, of course, we have seen the positive effects of the normalization in the environment from COVID-19. But also, uh, we do uh, you know, have some pressure points uh, with some of the once-off items that did lead to a decline in their earnings, their bottom line. Um, Zolak, I was actually speaking to an analyst and he was actually saying, you know what, besides the pressure that we did see in the bottom line, but those numbers were actually quite good. But then you saw the share price down about uh, more than 7% on the day. And he was actually saying that the hospital groups are unloved. Do you think that's the case? <laughs> I'm not sure if it's the case. Uh, if you look at the... And... and, and and life health care are trading at quite uh, a substantial multiples. I mean, probably uh, less so for uh, life health care, but the multiples are between 16 and, and, and 20 times. So still quite elevated multiples. I wouldn't say that they are extremely cheap. They generally trade at higher multiples because they are defensive, but I'm not sure. I mean, the, the numbers out of the, the operating, what they call continuing operations, were not uh, quite exciting. I think the market didn't uh, like that. And uh, the situation with the NHS is also looking like the NHS is, is getting better and they're improving their, their backlog. And that, that had a major, major effect on their, on their numbers. Yeah, because even NetK, actually, it came out with its trading statement today as well. Also, that share price declining more than 3%. Um, Mark, um, I don't know. Uh, how, what's your view? Are you bullish? Are you bearish? Um, a little bit cautious? Yeah, so, um, I mean, we are cautious on the, on the hospital groups. I guess um, we're waiting to hear further information on the South African National Health Insurance. Um, I think it can potentially be quite difficult for if there's going to be any kind of price caps introduced or regulated pricing um, in the hospital space. Um, so, I mean, we are waiting to get more information on that before we can make a better call on the hospital stocks. Also, the, the difficulty is there's not a lot of growth in earnings. Um, and I think one of the disappointments in life health care's results was that occupancy levels haven't really returned back to, to pre-COVID levels. And so, so, you know, hospital groups kind of selling bed nights. So you've got to, you've got to try and get the occupancy levels, levels up, right? So, yeah. I mean, it's just a question of where, where is the growth going to come from? They're great dividend payers and, you know, they, they do have their place in a portfolio, but we're looking for growth and we're waiting to hear on the NHR. So with this kind of dull sentiment then on hospital stocks, Zulaka, would you say that MediClinic is being taken away from the JSC at the right time? Well, MediClinic is... Uh, <laughs> they, they, they have destroyed some value. I mean, they are foray uh, into Switzerland, I don't think it played out so well as well as they expected at least initially. I think they made some acquisitions in Spire. So all that value was destroyed, but I think it's good that uh, they've been taken out and and I mean there would be a bit of growth from Middle East, but I think uh, it's probably reasonably fair value at the moment. Uh, all right. Um, there's another question here. Uh, some time ago, I received a letter that Soho Sun will be taken over by Southern Sun. Today, I see on the TV that Soho Sun is still trading as an entity on the JSE. 
Uh, it's quite confusing. The share price is now at, I'm uh, not sure what that share price is, but um, Tsukho-san, are they, there are two things, right? There's Tsukho-san Hotels, Mark, um, which then rebranded to Southern Sun, if I'm getting that right. And then you also have Tsukho-san Gaming that is also listed. Am I right? Yes. Uh, so, I mean, they used to they used to be part of the same group, but then they split into two different entities. Yes, and the one rebranded, and the other one remains the gaming, the gaming business, with the, which owns the casinos. Ah, would you have an appetite for either of those? <laughs> um, I think, uh, look, both coming out of COVID, I think that uh, you know their share prices actually have recovered quite nicely already. Um, on of the two, I think. Um, Sokosan Gaming probably looks the, the best to us. Um, but you must remember, gambling is also a, a business that relies on, on uh, retail um, customers having money and wanting to go out and, 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 and entertainment. So if you are going to go through a difficult economic period, you know, the, the casinos feel that as well. Yeah. Uh, Zulaka, I mean, would you go for a hybrid um, like Sun International that has gaming and also has hotels? Or do you go for a hotel operator separately or do you go for gaming? Yeah, I'd probably be more inclined to go with the safer route. I think the, the, the hotel side probably a bit more appealing. I know that they, they've seen quite a big uh, jump in the performance. But I think uh, the capacity utilization is not yet uh, at full level. So some of it has been discounted, but I think there still could be some room for capacity utilization to, to, to go higher in the, in the hotel space. I think as uh, uh, my colleague says, on the, on the other side, the gaming side, you probably need uh, a very strong consumer unless maybe uh, out of desperation, people go and gamble a, a bit more aggressively. But I certainly think that there would be a bit uh, of a challenge going forward in that area, especially with the food inflation uh, and other factors that are affecting the, the consumer in South Africa. Uh, all right. Uh, we did have an update from Grimrod Shipping, a pandemic darling. Of course, we, are, we have been accustomed uh, to bumper profits now, but we did see a kind of a changing in the tide in that update that they gave today. Mark, how much more room do you think Grinrod Shipping still has for these bumper profits, or do you think that the party's over? Yeah, I mean, we're definitely seeing shipping prices normalizing, and they've come down aggressively over the last year. So Bruno Tripping's earnings should also normalize at a much lower level. Um, look, the shares also, if you look at the price to earnings ratio, I think it's around about six PE, but with earnings coming down, maybe on a normalized basis, it's on a 10 PE. It's also a very cyclical business and typically you don't pay, you don't pay high multiples for, for cyclical businesses because they do go through kind of boom and bust type of cycles. So you have to be a bit more careful. Um, so yeah, I think that the earnings will be weaker going forward. And it's, you know, it's, it's normally difficult for the share price to go up when, when earnings are coming down. Yeah. So like, um, how much do you think the combination of uh, the normalization in the environment and also the recession fears, how much do you think that could bite into their earnings, at least in the short to medium term? So look, I mean, this is uh, indirectly a commodity stock, if you think about it. So, yeah. so they move a lot of the 
pile commodities around the world and uh, and they lease their their ships around and, and i think what as, as mark says that there there has been a decline in in terms of the the shipping rates uh, they've been coming down they what they tend to do very well is that they tend to lock rates in for quite some time into the future but but having said that i think the numbers are starting to tell a story that you know the short end of their leases are seemingly coming under a bit of pressure but they have managed to to lock in some other uh, uh, uh for that i mean there's no thing at the offer price that it's under offer at the moment and they seem to be saying that they'll keep the dividend for the new owners i guess and yeah i mean i, I think i think fundamentally there'll be a bit of pressure but i think it's about to go from the market uh, it would be taken out yeah of course so that's the thing when um an offeree starts to report on weaker earnings you start to think yeah. about uh, what the acquirer must be feeling right now uh, mark yeah i asked zolaika the same question earlier on about mediclinic greenrod shipping uh did, is it getting off of the jsc at the perfect time <laughs> well <laughs> I mean, look, I guess we, you know, I mean, we never, we don't like to see companies actually leave the JSC um, unless you, you're a shareholder and you're getting a great, you know, a great price for the yeah. stock. But for us, I mean, uh, we, we would like a, a nice broad set of companies to invest in. Um, I, I, I would worry a little bit for the buyer. Typically, the buyer overpays in, in, in acquisition stories. Um, the MediClinic, in fact, I think, you know, they are a shipping company that's buying a hospital group, which is, yeah. Very, yeah, it's a very strange kind of situation. <laughs> yeah, very, very interesting question. I think you've summed it up. Let's get to your stock picks, gentlemen. Zulaike, what will it be today? I'll go with AVI. I think uh, the stock has done uh, pretty much nothing for quite some time uh, under the struggle of cost uh, uh, inflation and, uh, and declining volumes as people traded down. I think they, they are seemingly starting to get some traction in terms of the pricing, I guess, on the back of uh, the inflation numbers, they're getting some price increases. I think um, if I look at the price multiples or the free cash flow yields either, I, I think on both numbers, so probably 14 times now and probably uh, 13 to 12 and a half times forward. So I think the well-run business, very good returns. Uh, yeah, it, it will get a bit of a storm, but it's got some pricing power. Yeah, all right. And on your side, uh, Mark, uh, what are you hanging your hat on today? Yes, yeah, so uh, we spoke about it a bit earlier, but I'm picking Investec. Um, I think that the, look, I mean, the UK bank will be a little bit un under pressure now in, in a difficult economic environment, but they have raised forward-looking provisions already for that. I think the wealth business in the UK and in South Africa will start to do better now that markets have, you know, have a better outlook in terms of um, absolute levels. Um, the South African business, I think, is a great, it's a great bank. It's a niche bank. Their service is fantastic, um, and we, we're kind of seeing a situation where, you know, people have more than one bank account. You have you have your your bank account that you need when you need a fantastic service, and then you have the bank account which you you need for for the low fee so i think that their market is actually quite well protected and then you've got also kind of the value unlock story where they're going to do they've already done 1.2 billion um, in share buybacks they've announced another 7 billion 
And there's some private equity releases that are going to come through in the next um, two years as well. All right. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen, for your time and for your insights today. Uh, my guests, Zulakem Guni from Benguela Global Fund Managers and Mark Dutoy from Oyster Catcher Investments. Do join me again tomorrow for the Friday edition of Stockwatch. The show airs live at 1 p.m., but do send questions just before that. Uh, but before that, uh, I do have uh, something to tell you. And of course, this is our SA Stock Picks event that is taking place on Monday, the 21st of November um, at 16.30 and Tuesday, the 22nd of November at 13.30. Uh, so, of course, we will be having analysts such as Tamsanga Neta, Anthony Clark, Keith McLachlan and Lonabo Makubela. So be sure to tune in next week, Monday at 4.30 and on Tuesday at 1.30. From me, Zanash Kuma, have a good evening. Thank <laughs> you.